Ayan, so good morning po sa ating lahat. Ayan, inanyahan ko po kayong lahat na tumayo. Ayan. Sabihin mo naman sa katabi mo, malapit na ang Pasko. Excited ka na ba? Malapit na ang Pasko. Excited na ba sila? Malamig na ang simoy ng hangin. May kapiling na ba? Ayan, so I'm inviting everyone to please prepare our hearts and minds as we begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we begin this new month, we thank you for the new opportunities that it will bring us. Thank you for the unconditional love that you always giving us to us, Panginoon. We pray also, Panginoon, ang bawat isa sa amin dito sa One Bit Christian Ministries ay ikaw po ang makita at maitaas. May you grant us the strength and opportunity to thank you. We give you thanks and we give you honor Thank you for the guidance and wisdom necessary to what's right and what is best. We ask this in the name of our Son, of all your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sinong naniniwala na in the midst of life's challenges and trials, we can find strength in God? Sinong naniniwala? Also, we can find hope and purpose as we move forward with God. So let's come together in unity and worship as we sing, celebrating the unstoppable love of God in our lives. Let us praise the Lord! Stop it. 
keep the party going. No stopping. Yes, sir. No stopping. Momentum. Lift him higher. Lift him higher. Lift him higher. We're going to sing. Lord God, we praise you. Truly, Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And as we sing this next song, let us reflect on the incredible mission we have as followers of Christ to share his love, to share his light. And may this song inspire us to go beyond our comfort zones and reach out to the ends of the earth.
Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, said, For I received from the Lord what I also passed unto you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Today we partake in an ordinance that Jesus instituted 2,000 years ago. We partake of these communion elements in remembrance and as an act of worship. Holy Communion does not save us, but rather we do it in remembrance of what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. But before we partake of the said communion elements, let's pause for a while. Allow the Lord to search and seek us that if there's anything unpleasing before Him today, let's lay it all down on His throne of grace. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We honor You, O Lord Father. Today, as we partake of these communion elements, we humbly come before You and ask You to forgive us for our sins. Father, we thank You for Your love and Your grace that abounds. We thank You for Your finished work on the cross. Today, O Lord, as we do it as an act of remembrance and an act of worship, Father, may You be glorified. We love You, O Lord. We adore You. Jesus name we pray. Amen. The leaders of the church would be standing in front if you wish to partake of the said communion elements. We request you to form a single line in the middle.
May I request everyone to please rise up as we continue to be in the midst of worship. For He is good and all His ways are sure. Oh Lord, all we want is You, our God. And with all our hearts and minds, we will
everything to you, Lord God. Lord, help us to live in truth and find strength to live in you and above all our desire is to be with you the one through God. And Lord God, as we hear your word, may it be more than words to us. May it be a light to our path and a guide in our daily steps. Lord, use us. Use us for your purpose. Mold us according to your will. Teach us your wisdom and speak to us with your mighty works. Lord, thank you for the goodness and faithfulness. All glory, all honor, power, praise belongs to you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Palakpakan naman natin ang ating Panginoon. Mas malakas pa po dyan. Kasi deserve niya ang mas malakas na papuri at pagsamba. And deserve niya lahat. Bago po tayo maupo, pakisabi naman sa katabi mo. Ready ka na bang makinig? At pakitap din yung katabi mo, pakisabi, I'm so happy I can see you or I see you this morning. Lahat na po makakaupo. Ayan, magandang umaga sa inyo lahat. Ang init, no? I mean, katap- tapikin mo yung katabi mo, tapos sabi mo, you're hot. Ayan. Ayan. So today, 
Ayan, so today we begin a new series. It's the first day of October, so we get to start a new series entitled, What's Your Story? Sabi sa mo, what's your story? Ayan, sabi nila, everyone has a story to tell. Tama? Everyone has a story to tell. I mean, sinagsasabi din, sa bawat kwento may kwenta. Tama ba? You say, your stories matter, especially to God. And for the whole month of October, we'll be looking at different stories. Stories that come from real people who have real encounters with Jesus. And eventually, f- try to find out how all these stories add up to His story. Doon natin makikita na lahat tayo kabilang sa kanyang kwento dahil yung kwento natin may kwenta. So today, let me first share to you a story, a story about a woman by the name of Perpetua. Diba? Weird name. Diba? Sino sa'yo dito nangagalang Perpetua? Wala nga amin, siyempre. Diba? Perpetua was born in 182 AD to a wealthy family at Carthage. Diba? Mayaman. It was, it was a long time ago. And at the age of 22, she was brought to prison. Kuma, she was arrested and put to jail. You know, all she had to do in order for her to go back to her family, go back to her, to her, uh, go back to her infant child and enjoy her life was to say these words, Caesar is Lord instead of Jesus is Lord. Ang sinabi niyo, ang simple lang, replacing one word to another. Imbis na Caesar is Lord, imbis na Jesus is Lord, sasabihin niya Caesar is Lord. Her family begged her to recant, but she kept on saying, I am a Christian. You see, on the day of her martyrdom, Perpetua and others marched joyfully to the amphitheater, wherein Perpetua began to sing. At this, the crowds became enraged and demanded that the prisoners be scourged. She was then attacked by a mad cow and struck by a gladiator sword. Perpetua screamed, Perpetua screamed as the sword met the bone. Then she took the trembling hand of the young gladiators and guided his sword to her throat. Perpetua made a choice. This is what I want you to remember. Perpetua made a choice, not between life and death, but between allegiance to Jesus and allegiance to the empire of her time. We as Christians are not facing a Roman Empire, but by, the, but by the nature of the empire has changed. After the World War II, Churchill said the empires of the future would be empires of the mind. The wars of the future would be less about territory and more about ideology. Pope Francis has called the secular progressive version ideological colonization. You see, your story today has a power. Sabi mo, your story has power. Your story has power. It was Michael Green who said the case that 80% or more of evangelisms in the early chair church was done by ordinary Christians explaining their story to their non-believing neighbors. So today, do not underestimate your story. Do not underestimate the power of your story. You may think that it's not dramatic or important or even worth telling. Let me tell you it is because your story matters. People today are drawn to conversations and through conversations, they are also drawn to Jesus. 
take some time today to sit and ask, God, what is my story? What do you want me to tell? Who do you want me to tell it to? Then go tell it to someone. Today we'll be listening to a story of someone close to my heart. I hope I get the details right. Kasi ilang beses ko na to napakinggan. And I still get it wrong most of the time. Most of the time, not all of the time. So today's speaker, today's person who would be sharing his story uh, was born in the Philippines. But as early as age two, they relocated to the United States. Then when he was high school, they came back here when he got to study in St. Louis University. So taas kamay lahat ng graduate ng St. Louis University. So after that, he had a Jonah experience. So those of you who experienced the Jonah experience, you can relate to this guy. Uh, after which, he dropped out of college, decided to be enlisted in the military, in the U.S. Army, and after which he got to meet his lovely wife, Tita Marivic, in one of the Bible studies they had in Canada. So he is happily married, with two adult uh, children. Uh, he is currently an elder at North Shore Christian Church. He is the international discipleship coach and life coach head. Tama ba? Medyo mali yata. Medyo mali yata. He is a product, di ba? He is a living example of what it means to be not only relationally discipled, but also intentionally discipled. He is my discipler. He is Fernando Feliciano, also known as Tito Ferds. So today, let's uh, join me as we welcome yeah, Tito Ferds to share his story. Hello. So, sinabihan ako. <laughs> yeah. When I preach, I have to preach in English. Okay. Only because, if you know me, ako isang kano na pango. Nababaliktat ko yung, na, yung mga Tagalog, kumisan. So, diretso na lang English. Okay. So, isn't it amazing? Oh, there's there's my, my new title now. It keeps changing all the time. Right? So, I'm the Director of Training and Development for North Shore Christian Church in Everett, Washington. Washington State is uh, above California, above Oregon. That's where Washington State is. So, next slide. So, isn't it amazing about what Perpetua did back then? Right? 22 years old, she had a, a family and a small child, but she wouldn't recant, and she wouldn't say Caesar is Lord. She said Christ is Lord. But according to the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, more Christians are martyred in the 20th century than in all previous centuries combined. They estimate currently more than 200 million Christians are being persecuted worldwide, citing statistics from Nigeria, India, and Iraq. Many believers live in a dark and hostile place around the world and are extremely and vulnerably abused. These believers are people like you and me. They have families and friends. They have worries and fears 
and they look towards the future. They want what's best for their loved ones, yet they are choosing to follow Jesus even in the face of great opposition. Jesus' ministry took a significant turn in the last nine months of his life once he made this statement to his disciples. If, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus was focused on two things, multiplying the movement, the costs associated with multiplication, and from this point forward, the gospel and uh, the gospels, you find Jesus repeatedly calling people to sacrifice to a radical allegiance to him, regardless of the cost. Therefore, it's not surprising that when Jesus encounters three would-be disciples, he challenged them to follow him and leave their excuses and hindrance behind. So my question and challenge for you guys today is, are you willing to do what it takes? to follow Jesus. Okay, let's please stand so I can pray for us. And then we'll be reading the word. It's going to be Luke 9, 57 to 62, if you guys want to follow along. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you for this opportunity to be back in this beautiful city. Where 35 years ago, I had accepted you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, use me today as an instrument of your blessing to give the words for the people to hear, for the people to see, to do what you want them to do in following you and making disciples of Jesus. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll go through and uh, I'll read the verse together. So as they were going along the road, Amen. Let's go ahead and take a seat. So in this story, we're going to see three people that Jesus talked to. As you listen, think of three things to consider if you're willing to follow Jesus that are exemplified by these three men. So in the, in the first verse there, Luke 9, 57, a man approached Jesus, I will follow you wherever I go. That sounds promising. Most of us would have signed up that young man on the spot, but not Jesus. Instead, Jesus challenged that man's youthful nature. Right? With the miracles associated with his ministry, Jesus, a lot of people wanted to follow him. Right? It was a glamorous life, so they thought. Jesus received that spontaneously. Offers like this all the time. 
people wanting to follow him. But he said in the next verse, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus did not tell the man, no, you can't follow me, but he told the truth. He told the truth without painting a glamorized version of what it was like to follow him. Some people say, especially with all the excitement, it's great to follow Jesus. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have a great service, and our life will be great. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world. But he has overcome this world. And that's why we follow him. That's why we follow him. So the worship team sang that song earlier, right? I will follow. I don't have the talent for singing, so I won't sing it. (laughs) So where you go, I'll go, right? Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. It's so easy to sing, but oftentimes difficult to live out. To follow Jesus means saying, Jesus, you are my leader. You set the course for the direction of my life. Wherever you lead me, I will follow. Just like the song says. So the first man, the question was, I will follow wherever you lead. So will you follow Jesus wherever he leads you? In the next verse, the second man comes, and he pledged his allegiance. Unlike the first man, this man, Jesus offered and extended, follow me, like he extends it to you. Follow me. But immediately, the man says, but um, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, this guy is just asking if he can bury his father. And Jesus says, no. But when you read into this, what he's really saying is he's living with his family. His father is not dead yet. He's going to wait till the father is dead and buried before he follows Jesus. So I'll follow you, Jesus, when it's convenient for me. When it's convenient for me. He was just saying, Jesus, I want to follow you, but not not right now. Not right now. I have my family to take care of. But that's why Jesus said, you know, let the dead bury the dead. The spiritually dead need to do that. But you choose now to live your life in advancing the movement. The man wanted to follow Jesus, but not just yet. He knew it was a good and that he should, but he felt the good reason why he could do not do it right now. Now, last week, Attorney Annie gave her defining moment. Right? She made a promise to the Lord, I will follow you. But she said the same thing, right? I didn't tell you when just like the second man. It's just delaying, delaying. But when are we going to follow? 
You know, is it when we get out of high school and we're going to have more time? When we go to college and we don't have so many studies, we'll start following. Or when we find our job, we'll go start following Jesus. Or when we start the family, we can follow Jesus now. But now I have kids. I'll follow him later. But my work is too much. I'll follow later when I retire. When are you going to make the decision to follow? You see, every stage of life expects the next stage will be easier. It doesn't. The more time to live for Jesus, but simply that's not true. The time for live, to live for Jesus is now. It's now. Jesus must come first. So the question is, I will follow whenever you call. Whenever he calls you, you know when he's calling you. You need to follow. And then the last man offered to follow Jesus only on his terms. He says, let me uh, first say farewell to those at home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Right? So that third man was referencing the call of Elisha in 1 Kings 19, 19 to 20, where, where Elijah put the robe on Elisha, calling him to be a, a disciple. And Elisha had to uh, decide whether he was going to follow. So have you seen the farmers and how they farm? We get the next slide. You see how even the roads, uh, their, the rows are when they're farming, right? Not, has, um, not much has changed from before to now when they plow. That's why Jesus was saying when you got to hold on to the plow with both hands. To keep it straight, the plowmen have to look forward. To keep our perspective straight, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we need to hang on to Jesus. Even when things get hard, things get rocky, that's when we will continue to follow. Next slide. So yet another, I will follow you, Lord. Put, let me first say farewell to those at home. And no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So you put your hand to the plow, you're already working. You can't look back or your, your path, your rows are going to start looking crooked. Jesus stressed to the man, commitment necessary to follow him. One must have a similar determination as a farmer plowing the field. So the question of the third man is, I will follow Jesus whatever it takes. Hanging on to Jesus. So, three men. One wanted to follow Jesus right away. And Jesus said, next slide. Jesus is asking you to follow him wherever he leads, whenever he calls, and whatever it takes. So for me, it wasn't that easy. 
whenever he was leading, like Mike said, I was here in college in St. Louis University in Baguio, 1985. Most of you were not born back then. (laughs) 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 That's when I was majoring in electronics and communication engineering. So my first year as ECE student, I made the dean's list. And that's because I met a bunch of Christians, too. Started going around and hanging with them. And my path was straight. My second year, I started hanging around the wrong people. The barcada. That's when I started looking back on the other things of life. By the third year, I was no longer majoring in engineering. I was majoring in gingineering. <laughs> Gin. So that's when, when I left. I, I ended up uh, having, like Pastor Mike said, my Jonah moment. Right? I, I, I joined the army, and by the grace of God, you know when he's still calling you, because he leads me to a Bible study in Ottawa, Canada, of all places, and I met my wife, Maravik. So you know that whatever it takes, driving 16 hours just to see her. (laughs) 16 hours. (laughs) So those are the things, you know. But she led me to really follow Jesus. And that leads me to my life verse, which continues the story of God's masterpiece embracing our divine purpose. The next slide. This is the statue, Michelangelo's statue of David. This is a masterpiece of Michelangelo. It's such a masterpiece that it's such fine detail. If you click on the next slide, you can see the detailing of the eyes and the veins. Look at his hands. That's why that other part is covered, because it's very finely detailed. (laughs) So we are God's masterpiece. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to, to, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Next slide. We are God's handiwork. Just like Michelangelo created the statue of David, God created us uniquely. And God uh, worked at art, skillfully crafted the purpose and intention. We are not random or accidental. Instead, we are the result of loving and deliberate design of our creator. We are created in Christ Jesus Our new identity is found in Christ, and it is through him that we are transformed into God's masterpiece. As we come to faith in Christ, we are spiritually reborn and experience a fundamental change in our nature. This transformation allows us to live in a way that reflects our true identity as children of God and participate in his divine nature. And that, that is to do good works, 
Right? Our purpose as God's handiwork is to perform good works that bring glory to him. These works have been planned and advanced by God, specifically designed for each of us to accomplish. The phrase highlights the importance of action in the Christian life, as our faith should not be merely an intellectual exercise, but should result in tangible expressions of love, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The phrase emphasizes God's sovereignty and knowledge in the process of our salvation and the good works we are called to do. God has not only created us as his handiwork, but he has also prepared a unique path for each of us to follow, complete with opportunities for service and spiritual growth. This understanding can provide comfort and reassurance as it reminds that our lives are not random or chaotic, but rather they are part of God's overarching plan and purpose. In light of these uh, key phrases, Ephesians 2.10 teaches us that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for a divine purpose, which is to engage in good works that totally glorify our creator. These good works are not a basis of our salvation, but rather they are a natural outflow of our transformed life in Christ. By understanding the rich meaning of this verse, we can gain deeper appreciation of our identity. In today's culture, you know, it's easy to compare, right? Because you just open up your Facebook and you look at what everybody else is doing, right? But you were created for a specific purpose by God. So how does it apply to your story? What has God called you to do? You might not even know, but uh, next slide. Just think of these things. I bra- embrace your identity, right? Recognize and celebrate your identity as God's handiwork, knowing that you're uniquely created for a purpose. Resist the temptation to compare yourself to others. Just like I said earlier, I like to sing so much. But God did not give me that talent. If we sing, if I sing now, you'll have bagyo talaga. <laughs> so embrace your identity. Not all of you are going to be singers. But some of you can serve in hospitality. Some can serve in tech team. Some can probably serve in the, van, in the band. Embrace your identity. The next one is discover your purpose. Seek God's guidance in prayer and through scripture to uncover the good works he has prepared for you. One of the great things of being in a small group or in a life group, some talents you don't even know you have, other people can identify. So staying in a group to be encouraged to help you uh, discover your purpose. Next is to cultivate your spiritual growth. As you grow in relationship with Christ, you'll become more attuned to God's work. God has prepared you. Make a priority to regularly engage in spiritual discipline. 
right? You have to have Bible study. You need to study the word. You need to come and worship, and you need to fellowship with other believers as these practices help you become more and more Christ-like. And next, act with intention. As you uncover your purpose, take practical steps to pursue and fulfill the good works God has planned for you. This may involve stepping out of your comfort zone, taking risks, or making sacrifices. You know, I'm a very shy person. You guys probably don't know. <laughs> I am. It's only through the Holy Spirit that has me here. He'll give you the power to do what he wants you to do. It's not in our power. And then the other is serve others. Look for opportunities to bless others through acts of kindness, service, and generosity. Volunteering here at church, helping a neighbor, or simply offering an ear to someone. As you serve others, you're living out your divine purpose and reflecting the love of Christ. And the last one is to uh, remain humble as you pursue the good works God has prepared for you. Remember that it is about not about your own merit or abilities, but rather God's power and grace working through you. And this whole month, we're talking about your story. So sharing your faith. It's all about your story. Because your story is what will bring other people to Christ. Your mission here is to follow the example of Christ as we lead others to Christ. The way you lead others to Christ is simply telling them your story. And that's where I lead to my story and my wife's Maravik story. A couple years ago in our church, we started a mission trip here to the Philippines. First time we went in 2018, uh, she wasn't able to go. But I saw the need for relational discipleship. It's what we've been doing in our church for the last 10 years. Before that, we just had a um, Bible study group for a long time with no purpose of growing the people in our group spiritually. So when we did that, our, our, our groups grew not only in numbers, but spiritually. So I saw the need for that in the small churches here in, in the Philippines. And we came back in 2020. That's where I met Pastor Mike and a couple of other people from OBCM at a discipleship experience we had here in uh, uh, PBTS, the Philippine Baptist Theological Ceremony. In 2021, I was blessed enough to get an early retirement and was looking for something to do in my retirement. So we went to do uh, what they call a mission festival where they're looking for missionaries all over the world. And every booth we went to, they were looking for missionaries to Africa. And one of the retired doctors there asked me what I did for a living. And I told her I just retired. And she says, there's no retirement in the Bible. Here's an application. We need missionaries in Africa. 
So we came back to the car, and I gave the, uh, the application to my wife, Maravik. And she immediately grabbed it, and she said, Lord, I'd like to do missions in the Philippines. I don't want to do missions in Africa. So last year, we came back here and did uh, our, our discipleship experience trainings. And we went back to the States, and we met uh, a missionary couple. They were going to Davao. And they knew that we did missions in the Philippines, so they invited us to go with them to Davao. In fact, Pastor Mike and Sis Isil got to go with us when we went to Davao. Then when we came back, right, we came back to the United States uh, a couple of months, uh, just actually earlier this year, he calls me and says, hey, we need a couple to go with us to Africa. Are you and Maravik available? Fortunately for us, we had already made plans to go to uh, a convention for the Filipino-American Christian churches in the same time they were going to Africa. So I told him, no, we're not going. We're not available. He says, okay, next time we'll give you a call. So what happens is next time was like two months later. He calls us again and says, we need you guys to come with us to Africa. Are you free? Maravik goes, are you sure we have nothing on that date? I go, no. You know, we can lie to, to Dave, but we can't lie to God. So this summer, we got to go to Africa. Actually, Uganda, Africa. Despite our um, not wanting to go Despite um, wanting to follow God only where we wanted to go, back to the Philippines, when we showed up there, it was our Ephesians 2.10 moment. For God had already planned this, that he had created us to do good works and prepared it in advance for us to do. The people there were great the couple that we were partnered with had a similar uh, background with us. And you can just see in all these years where God is leading us to go. So it might not happen overnight. It might not happen in a year. It took 35 years for me to realize what God had planned all along. But what I did was take that first step to follow him. So follow him. So my question and challenge for you, will you make that choice to follow Jesus today? I know some of you have still have not really decided. Just take that first step. And we're not going to do an altar call, but we want to know, will you take that uh, Will you make that choice to follow Jesus today? If you, if you will, please raise your hand. And we'll have one of the ministers come. Raise your hand high. Stand up proud. Stand up proud. Yes. We're going to have the ministers come see you guys. And we're going to be singing the song again, I will follow you. I will follow you. And uh, go see them. Go talk to them in the back. Thank you, guys.
Yes, Lord. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I will follow you. Thank you for creating us as your masterpiece. We are uniquely designed for a purpose. Help us to embrace our identity in Christ and to discover the good works you have prepared for us to do. Guide us as we seek to fulfill your purpose in our lives as we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. You may all be seated. Amen. Who will follow Jesus? Amen. Mukhang hindi na natin kailangan mag-exhort. I think everyone is ready to give. Amen? Alright. But before we give, just earlier, I was reflecting on the message that um, Tito first delivered. And it says there, di ba, na, have you decided to follow Jesus? Um, Nag-reflect ako sa likod. And uh, the rema that God uh, was just telling me earlier is that uh, there are two kinds of followers, right? Those who are reluctant and those who are decided. Those who are undecided and those who are decided. And I was um, thinking that I think to those who are undecided, the only difference is that oftentimes it's because they haven't really seen and felt and they haven't really been captivated by the mission that God has given in their lives. And that's the reason why they're reluctant. Um, it's the same way in giving. Pag nagbigay tayo, meron dito, for sure, meron dito, to my experience, minsan reluctant akong magbigay, minsan undecided ako, ibibigay ko ba to, babawasan ko ba konti, um, marami pa akong babayaran. Ang dami nating excuses sometimes, especially when it comes to giving. And take note, giving is just one part or one way of worshiping the Lord. Giving is just one part of following Jesus Christ. It's not all of it. And yet, dun pa lang, minsan, reluctant na tayo, undecided na tayo. Pero this morning, who are those who have made a decision that yes, we will follow Christ? And today, I have decided I will give to the Lord. Sino dito yung mga nakapag-decide na? Can I hear an amen? Ayon. So when we give, I just remembered um, this week, it's really, really a busy week. A busy in a good way, very productive week. And there was a time that I had a meeting um, with the small group that I'm handling. And I told them that hindi na pala ito joke, seryoso na ito. Seryoso na ito na ayusan ng buhay, hindi na ito joke. And I was telling them that if you are not serious in this, just let me know. But if you are serious in this, in the cause that we're fighting, in the mission that we are doing, tell me, anytime, 24 hours, pag sinabi mo mag-devotion tayo, magde-devotion tayo, tulog ako, gising ako, kahit saan ako, sasamahan kita. Ganon tayo kaseryoso sa mission natin sa Panginoon. And this, uh, this, this morning, when we give... Whatever we will give, it will go to that mission that we're doing, to the ministers that are serving selflessly and tirelessly para sa Panginoon. So ready na po ba tayong magbigay ngayong umagang ito? Amen! Let's give!
Hello guys, uh, good morning. Tagalog muna ako, naiyan na ako mag-English eh. <laughs> so ayun, uh, guys you know the drill. Uh, let's watch this video. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So, yun, no? uh, madaming pwedeng pagpilian, lahat pwedeng subukan. Alright, so, uh, ina-encourage ko kayong lahat na itry nyo kahit isa lang, kahit sa Kids Jam, pwedeng-pwede. Okay? So, yun, uh, kung may katanungan kayo, pwede kayong mag-reach out kahit sino sa amin na nandito ngayon uh, para matulungan namin kayo, uh, masamahan namin kayo, at yun, sama-sama tayo kahit saan pa yan. Okay? Okay ba? Okay, so yun lang. Uh, God bless sa ating lahat. Uh, happy Sunday, guys. And bigay uh, ko na kay Pastor Mike. Alright. Maganda umaga, part 2. Are you ready? Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter... Just kidding. Ayan, sino sa inyo kanina decided to follow Jesus? If you are that person kanina touched by the message... And he's wondering what's next later after the message. Uh, me uh, and some other ministers will be standing at the back. If you're that person wondering what's next for you, then you can feel free to approach me or Isel or any of the ministers and we would happily guide you to what's next. Amen? Amen. So before we end, let's all stand up as we end this service in a word of prayer.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, O Lord, that you have used uh, Tito Ferds to preach boldly your message today. That may we respond wherever you lead, whenever you call, when it, whatever it takes. Father, today, truly, may we truly embody what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple who makes disciples. Today, I pray that the love of God, the abounding grace of His Son, Jesus, and the constant fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and all of God's children would say, Amen and Amen. God bless. Keep safe. See you next Sunday.